0: podcast you are currently listening to is called bad play style in which we all play the same video game and then talk about it during the course of which we will swear a ton and probably spoil every single aspect of the video game Welcome to Bad PlayStyle, my name is Matt.
1: I'm Keenan. And I'm Owen.
0: Uh, This week we played Chimera Squad,
1: which is how I'm choosing to pronounce it, in this individual instance. um, That's that's good, because I kept calling it that new XCOM game when people asked me what I was playing. Because you didn't want to say it? No, because I couldn't fucking remember whatever the stupid extra bits were. XCOMs.
0: Yeah, it's, um, yeah. Um. So yeah, uh, massive spoilers for that. But before that, uh, Keenan's going to talk for a while about what he's been playing, like <laughs> what I've uh, been playing lately. <laughs> because um, um,
1: Keenan Keenan
0: has a, a a dopamine deficiency and has to play video games about sixteen hours a day.
1: Still, I yeah. I mean I so. do have a dopamine deficiency. It is documented. Um, yeah. So uh, I was, games I, I have <laughs> yeah. game. No, no, it's good. Uh, games I have played lately. I played a bunch of Warzone, the Call of Duty Battle Royale. Uh, holy shit, that game's fucking health armor model is frustrating as fuck coming off of PUBG. Mm. Um, so in PUBG, your armor does damage reduction. Your armor takes the damage for you and then falls off when it's no longer useful, and then you take health damage, right? Uh, in... In Call of Duty, you put up to three armor plates in your armor vest and those are just a hundred more health and there's no armor value.
2: Oh, weird. Okay. So people
1: are running around with four health bars essentially, and this also shifts the meta of the game into machine guns or weapons with more than 30 round mags. <laughs> um, <laughs> because if you have a 30 round mag, you have to hit about 25 of those bullets to kill someone. Yeah, it's kind of hard to do. So that dude, game's kind of a weird uh, fuck. Mitigate end. this whole issue. Headshots do like some sort of multiplier, but like I had to shoot a dude in the head five times with a handgun while he was standing there. So mm-hmm. um, I've
2: decided I don't like this game.
1: I yeah, it's I. So we're gonna get to what I've replaced it with later on in the week. Uh, but I also played through the entire campaign of that game the same week, like beginning of last week. Um, the newest Call of Duty campaign is both a reboot, so they're doing a lot of dumb, tumbling in cheek stuff about what we did before without actually having it happen.
0: They're telling but people it, in the
1: cheek. Yeah, definitely. Um, but also, making out brandos. it's kind of impressive how well they created a somewhat emotional storyline for their giant fuck you six-hour action movie. Um, they they bring in a character who is a freedom fighter in. Uzbekistan, yeah. yeah! Shout out to your your fake Middle Eastern country. Call yeah, of Duty. I've, I've heard of this thing.
0: Before. I am. I am. I gotta say, a hundred percent done with this whole. <laughs> oh, our video games aren't political shit that they're trying yep. to pull. Well, your video games are about war, which is the yeah. most political thing there can be.
1: I don't well, and Uzbekistan is like at all times yelling that it's Afghanistan at you from the things you're visually seeing. Uh, there's a point where you literally, as a child, sneak through an opium field away from Russian soldiers. Just... Like, it is it is just Afghanistan. Quit fucking around. But they managed to tell this really interesting, like, somewhat nuanced story about uh, a little girl who ends up becoming a freedom fighter because the Russian general is a bad guy. And then she ends up working with the American Tier 1 badasses. Um, but but it it's it's surprisingly effective in its storytelling. Um and then of course, you know, oh, yeah, have... I watched a, I watched a
0: video about how uh most of the characters in that game's motivations don't make sense. Yeah, I remember that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um but but she she being the lone character with motivation well fleshed out. <laughs> um, yeah, so like it was fun for 6 hours and I'll never go back to it. Um and I sort of feel the same way about Warzone. Like, I'll probably play it with some friends who want to play it, but I don't want to play it on my own time by myself. Um, it's it's not... It's gunplay is, is confusing and frustrating, and I would rather play, and I already don't like, uh, Apex Legends. <laughs> because at least in that game, I can do cool things. <laughs> um, so... I stopped playing that and then randomly found a video about Hunt Showdown. Uh, and that video explained why I should play that game for multitude of reasons that were all exactly my shit. And I started playing that game.
2: That game looks like weird in a way I can respect, but also at the same time, I don't know. I I, I feel at all times like I'm too tired to learn to play it.
1: That seems fair. That, that makes, um,
2: like, do you know that feeling where it's just like... Mm-hmm. I, I'm too tired right now. I can't do this. And, and like, that game, and yeah. that time will just never come for that game for me, I think.
1: Which
0: is yeah, a good game, like, because I think that there's a decent chance that you'd like that game, Owen. Mm-hmm. From what I've seen.
1: Yeah, so that game has... First of all, it's a Crytek game. Um, I was streaming it earlier and had to turn down some game settings so that I could stream and play that game and still leave enough room on my CPU for Discord to work properly. <laughs> Nice. So it is 100 percent that Crytek game still. Um but it's Do you hear that they're remastering Crisis? I mean sure. Why like, not?
2: Like like now that Crisis has probably been dethroned as the system killer, it's like, well we have to remaster it so we can murder people's systems again.
1: Yeah, no, no, uh Crisis needs to do that forever.
0: Uh yeah. <laughs> it needs, to, yeah, so, it needs to be the benchmark of your of your rig for the rest
1: uh, of time. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh yo this runs at 60 frames on crisis we need we need to go make a new remaster Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah so uh it's Put some more triangles in there It's like so much the anti battle royale the way that game works like it's only 12 to 16 people and the main goal of the game is to run into the map and find the monster and kill the monster And when you kill the monster you can pick up a bounty off of it and run to an exit, and you get a shitload of X p what's more like uh, Tarkov than it is, like kind of yeah anything else, yeah, yeah, it it's a little less I'm gonna punch you right in the face, and you're supposed to like it as you walk in, like I played some Tarkov at one point, and that game was like, "Fuck, you learn everything, and this game is like, here have some guns." it almost sounds more like
2: um like the dark zone from the division or something
1: a little bit yeah like the because the the thing that happens when you kill the monster and pick up the bounty is that now everyone can see you on the map yeah yeah. um, yeah. and they're supposed to hunt you down and take it from you so it it creates some really interesting run and gun battles that are cool um but the the other thing about the game is it's in the late 1800s like post-civil war in louisiana So it has this really rad, like, spooky swamp vibe with all the zombies and shit running around. Um, God, I love swamp settings. Yeah, it's super good, and they, like, they have the tech to back it up, and so it looks fucking fantastic the whole time. And then all the guns are, like, either powerful single-shot rifles, or, like, wimpier lever-action rifles. So the game, like, is super methodical in this really bizarre way that you can't find anywhere else. Like, it takes the things about siege that I like and the things about battle royales that I like and then smashes them into this cool southern bayou horror setting that is also my shit. Oh, and you remember how good the audio is in Senua's Sacrifice? Mhm. Yeah, this game has that. Like it does all that binaural audio shit. So like you can pinpoint where people are at all times based on the sounds they're making. And then one of the things that ends up in the environment is there's just tons of what the game calls sound traps. So there will be like a dying horse, and if you walk too close to it, it whinnies, and then people can hear it from far away. Um, Or there's a lot of like broken glass on the ground and like cans hanging from door frames and shit that you have to sneak through, or you make a shitload of noise. Is there fog? There is fog. There's fog. There's rain and thunder and lightning, and there's a damn night sound the fog the sound on the fog is a little dampened but not a lot okay that's good um
0: i love the but sound. yeah like like fog sound dampening is
1: yeah. yeah and then the lightning and the thunder the lightning is always like a second before the thunder and so you good. can you can do some shot timing bullshit if you want to
2: <laughs> i feel like games get that wrong like weirdly
1: often yeah like instant thunder crack yeah um yeah so it it's it's visually insane. It's it's audio is ridiculously good and it's really hard to play things that aren't good at audio after playing it for a while. Um I went and played some Siege after playing it and like Siege does 3D audio pretty well but not as well as that and the audio yeah, isn't nearly it's got as it has some condensed. fucking blind
0: spots and some Yeah. Weird, <laughs> weird <laughs> yeah. Weird. Oh god, there's footsteps. Oh no, it's a floor below
1: me. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. Um Yeah, so that's those have taken up a lot of my time lately. Oh, and World of Warships, weirdly enough. <laughs> you shoot ships in the head. That's all I gotta say about that.
2: Shoot, shoot them with naval guns.
1: Yeah, I've been playing a lot of weird methodical games because that's the thing I need when everything else is stressful as fuck, apparently.
2: Damn. I get that. Yeah. Alright, am I going next? Yes. Alright, so... um. I've been playing two things that are worth talking about. Um, the first of which is I, I, I went down kind of a weird uh, hobbyist rabbit hole. Um, so I've been playing Animal Crossing. That's not the really interesting part of this story. But um, I've been trying to get rid of one of my villagers, and I got rid of him. And I got this other villager to place them, And they kind of suck. And so I started looking at my options like, all right, I want to get another villager, but I don't want to go through all this hassle of like getting another suck ass one or something like that. And one of the things you can do with a switch is you can tap an amiibo to your switch and then whatever amiibo that is, that person just comes like you. It's not even like luck of the draw anymore. Now. I'm not a fool. I'm not about about to buy no stupid fucking amiibos, Um, (laughs) but amiibos just have NFC chips in them. And you can buy blank NFC chips on yep. Amazon. And you can install an app on your phone that will let you write NFC chips.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And then you can find some shady-ass website that has dumps of every Animal Crossing amiibo. So,
1: did my girlfriend turn you on to this, or is this a weird coincidence? No, they did this
0: separately. It was really weird for me. when Okay. Was like, like, 15 <laughs> okay. minutes after we did Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's awesome. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Yeah.
2: You know, okay, time.
0: so this is human trafficking though.
2: Yeah, well definitely. No, definitely. No, none of them are humans, they're all animals. Hmm. But I could put like Link in an NFC chip and that would be human trafficking.
0: Well, this is a whole conversation that I don't want to have about the the human wait. status of people of villagers in uh Wait,
2: wait, Link has pointy ears. He's like an elf or something, isn't he? Yeah, see
0: this is why I didn't want to have this conversation. I'm already <laughs> Mario's
2: Mario. definitely not human.
0: Yeah.
1: No, he's never been human.
2: <laughs> I, I, I saw him stand alongside a donker and he is definitely not human.
1: I've seen him go into magma and come out fine. Yeah. He wasn't fine. He was screaming his head off.
2: Um so anyway, so I I, I bought blank NFC chips so I could spoof Animal Crossing amiibos, and that was that was a weird thing I did. And and excellent then,
0: use of blank NFC chips.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um I'm gonna have a lot, so I, I don't know what to do with them. I'm I'm gonna have to figure out something fun to do with
0: them uh there's gotta be something cool something like 80s hacker style that you could do with them
2: yeah or like make like a cool toy to take to work yeah like program each one with like a different sound or something and like laminate them so that i can give them to preschoolers
1: Mm. i already tried copying our door key it doesn't work uh, that sucks. No, yeah. I'm I'm talking about yeah. I like
0: Owen's idea of like doing sounds. Like you could make a bunch of like how how thick are the NFC chips?
2: Um, here, let me open up my Amazon orders because they're not here yet, unfortunately. Oh, okay. Uh-huh.
0: What you're saying? Could you like laminate one into like a playing card or something?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how a lot of people do it. Um, like there's a whole sub community of people who make their own Animal Crossing. Amiibo, right? But then mm-hmm. they make like nice cards with like a cute little picture in their name.
0: Well so they like, so laminate it. So here's what you do. This this is for work. When the kids are good, when like a kid is being good, you give them one of these NFC chips that makes your phone make a funny noise. <laughs> and then whenever they want to, like get your attention or or just like for fun, they can walk up to teacher Owen and slide it past his pocket.
2: I should hit up Michael. I bet he has ideas about NFC. yeah specific. yeah yeah
0: our friend michael probably has some cool stuff you could do with that he'd probably want it to like belch flame though that's more his back yeah but like <laughs> i could just tell him like leds like an LED. yeah <laughs> yeah you could make like a ball that does different led uh like yeah. patterns anyway that's not the purview of this podcast but that's cool hey it's um, it's play yeah
2: um and then the other thing i've been doing is i've been working on my kerbal space program save um I, have been ticking off. I, I, on my final playthrough of KSP one before KSP two comes out, I have been planting flags on every single solid celestial body in the game, which I hadn't done all of them before.
0: It was just and... a massive betrayal of my residual mental image of Alan Harriman as a person <laughs> or sorry, I'll, I'll cut that out, but,
2: uh, oh, whatever it's in my Twitter handle. Oh, no, it uh, is. Yeah. Um, yeah. But there was there was two that I specifically had been avoiding for a long time. It's two planets with thick atmospheres. Mm. Um, And I got one of them down and I'm working on Eve. And I think I have the solution for Eve because, like, it's got this big, thick, soupy atmosphere. And so you have to have like a really big heat shield to protect your vessel because the aerodynamic forces are big and strong and powerful. Um, But you also have to have a big rocket to get off the surface. And what ends up happening is when you hit the atmosphere with a really, really big rocket, with a really, really big heat shield, it starts tumbling a lot. Mm. Uh, but it's not aerodynamically stable, no matter how much I try and lower the center of mass. Um, and so I had I had a breakthrough today. I spent, like, all last night just blowing ships up over and over using the cheat menu. Because, like, I don't want to go through the process of flying a rocket all the way to EVE and then finding out my rocket doesn't work.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so I build the 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 lander. And then I just use the debug menu to throw it at Eve's atmosphere. Okay. And and like, then if it works, then I actually build it for real and do it. Um, okay. Like my head cannon is this is the Kerbals running the shit through the simulator. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I figured out that if I drain the rocket of all fuel, if I land it empty, it's way more aerodynamically stable. It's way easier to control. Okay. And so what, what I'm going to do is land a small little mining truck on the surface and start digging ore and refining it into propellant. That way, when the rocket comes and lands empty, the little truck drives up and plugs in and fills a little sucker up. Um, so that, that that was my big that was my big Kerbal breakthrough.
0: That's cool.
2: Yeah, Matt, what have you been playing?
0: Um, so I booted up since the last time we talked. Um, I booted up approximately 30 games but but the average play time is about 10 seconds
2: oh yeah i, I uh, did that the other
0: night because because you know unlike keenan i can't focus on a single source of dopamine for more than 10 seconds which you know i wish i could steal that from him um so, but i did uh i did Sometimes open up
1: not as good as it sounds but i get you uh,
0: i opened up a uh, heat signature started doing a mission forgot the mission objective instantly upon contact with the ship I shot the capture target with a shotgun nice. um, because I was just sweeping through the ship. I, uh, there's a there's an item that floats around in my game. That's uh, the name of the item is open quotes that scene from Inglorious Bastards. Oh, oh yeah, sorry. I was, just, I was just using that gun because I, I was the, playing the prison scene game. from Inglorious yeah. Bastards is what it's called. Um, and uh, <laughs> yeah, so it's like a it's a quick fire silent shotgun. Mm-hmm. Um. So the idea is, you just like run by those corridors where the guards are all hanging out, and just blam, blam, blam. Yeah. Um, yeah. It works pretty great. Uh. And I, yeah, so I shot the capture <laughs> target and just like fucking evacuated myself from the ship uh, by blowing a window out and then just alt for it forward. I was like, I don't want to deal yeah. with
2: this. Heat signature is a game where I feel like you can especially just sort of do that, where yeah. you can you can just like psychically eject from wanting to play it mm-hmm. in in like the space of a second.
0: Right. Um, and then I bought the Master Chief collection. Oh. Um, because I genuinely do enjoy Halo 1. Um, and I haven't really played any of the other ones. I mean, I played a ton of Halo 2. Um, yeah, back in I school. don't know if I enjoyed it. So I was just going to like replay all the Halos. But turns out it's only three. Is...
1: Go ahead. Sorry.
0: It's only three Halos right now.
2: Um so, yeah, yeah, they're like slotting them in one by one,
0: yeah, and so I started up reach, and the fucking power Rangers were in that, and I wasn't into that, um, so I stopped playing it um, if you don't if you don't understand the joke there, there's like um more different are Spartans. There's like a dude with a kukri on and like a skull on his fucking face, and there's one of them it's, has like a robot arm, so it's their attempt
1: him. at giving them characters.
0: And it sucks because yep. <laughs> the the thing that gives a person character is not that they have a robot arm or a skull on their face. it's yeah. like the things they do and say yep. but yeah, fucking, yeah, it was awful um i I don't know if I'll continue to play, but the
1: the the halo books are still better than the games sure
0: <laughs> um, speaking of Xcom, I recently found out that there's like five uh Xcom novels, and like. Most of them are canon. Like, the ones that came out since, uh, since Jake Solomon's been at the helm are all, like, canan- canonical. Wild. Um, and the two of them that got written in the old days aren't. And one of them's in Russian and doesn't have an English translation. Um, so that's super weird. Uh, then uh, Owen infected me with a disease and, and made me start playing XCOM 2 again. Oh yeah,
2: well, because when I finished Chimera Squad, I wanted to play more XCOM, but I didn't want to start a Chimera Squad playthrough again.
0: Well, I did both, so yeah, yeah I'm I on I did
2: both.
0: I'm on my, I'm on my third Chimera Squad playthrough. Sending you to the hospital. Yeah, I yeah. Dude, um, sickness. today I had a very fun mission where I got the Reaper, the like stealth dudes, the trench coats. Mm-hmm. I got my Reaper hero unit and um. Took him on his first mission. And on that mission, there were three pods on the mission. And each of the pods had uh, a purifier in it. And so I just remote started all the pods, dealing 11 damage to everyone in the pods. Um, so I beat the mission with, with one person doing one ability three times. And it was like, I, I don't feel like this is bad design, because this can't always happen. Yeah. right? Like, I got lucky. But this is, like, it made me feel super cool, right? Because the dude was just sneaking around with a vector. He never even reloaded, which was even more cool. Um, And he just, like, killed, like, 13 fucking things that were mad at us. Um, Did he get a promotion afterwards? Oh, he got so many promotions? Holy shit. Um, Yeah, I'm playing a super modded playthrough, so, like, everything's wacky. Um, the mission we were doing was we were we were releasing a muton defector from prison, huh? Um, so that he could be on our team now. So um, you, have M- so you have a muton on your team. I have a muton on my team. That's cool. uh, there's a lot of animations that mutons aren't rigged for, and it's really funny because the first thing that happens when a muton isn't rigged for an animation is that you know how they have like their neck where like our head would normally be and then their head uh-huh. sort of like protrudes outward from that Sure. that that whole apparatus like sucks into the neck hole um, huh. and then they stand upright like a person and their arms and legs suck in like a turtle and then they do the animation and it's really fucking funny every time uh,
1: sounds wild
0: <laughs> it's especially wild on the on the, the plane you know how there's that like loading screen where mm-hmm. you see them all sitting down because it's just like a muton torso strapped in oh uh, uh, man <laughs> Oh man, it's fucking weird. Um, and then they're not rigged for any of the animations in the photo booth, so they always t Um <laughs> <laughs> It's fucking wild, man. Yeah, muton yeah culture buddy. Is really weird. Yeah, muton culture is really weird. Um, but uh, yeah, I suppose that's that's kind of. This is a good segue to just start talking about the XCOM we were supposed to play. Yeah. Um, yeah.
2: yeah been, to talk about?
0: Hey, hey, guys. Uh, what did you think of Chimera Squad?
1: Um. Do we want to talk about what it is first?
0: Oh yeah, sure. So uh, Chimera Squad is Phyraxis um, Phyraxis is is like uh, it's run by this the the old dude who created Civ. I forget his name. Um, Sid Meier. Sid Meier, Yeah. So Sid Meier. Was was uh, approached by Mark Nada, and Mark Nada was like, "Hey, I got this. I got all these crazy ideas for for XCOM." And Sid Meier was like, "Those ideas are cool, but I'm a little worried about putting them in just like a mainline XCOM game. How about we do this other thing? Because I like your ideas, but like, let's not make everybody mad." So they
1: made this game. Um, <laughs> Let's not fuck with expectations, right? Because like, like a sideboard,
0: people at this point have a very clear expectation of like the flow of an XCOM game, and this is not that at all. Um, it, basically, ba- basically only the the very base elements of like how turns are work in the turn are the same, and then like the names of stuff is similar, but, like, a lot of stuff is different. Um, So, yeah, it's Mark Nada's attempt at, like, trying something new in XCOM, which I think was super fun. It's uh, hard, fast, and wet XCOM, you
3: know?
1: Uh, Yeah. It's... I'm done with it, and I haven't gone back to it or anything, and I'm not really sure, like, how I feel about... um... The difference in the gameplay loop, I guess. Uh, it feels super good when you manage it right. But it feels real bad when you drop it, too. Um, well, that's XCOM. Yeah, but I feel like this game slides harder faster. Huh. Like, I feel like in in XCOM 2, in our playthrough of XCOM 2, like I could fuck up once in a mission and it wouldn't mean three people died. Uh, whereas like in this game, if one person goes down because you fucked up, it's pretty much done Um, in a way that.
2: Yeah, I, I definitely felt similarly that, that, that if one person goes down, it will often spiral. And, and, and I won't necessarily lose the mission, but like things will rapidly get worse um, because, and when like... because when they're down, they're always on a timer.
1: Yeah, and then and then like it forces you into positions you don't want to be in just to save them and then like on top of all of that you end up in this situation where um like because of the way the turn order works, you don't have the the same sort of surety that you're going to last through the enemy turn because it may just be that the enemy keeps knocking your dudes down and your turn is less and less and less, right? And so it becomes this thing of, rather than, like, okay, your turn, my turn, it becomes this thing so you're, of, like...
0: You're, you're saying once a failure state is reached with, like, uh, with like an individual character like taking too much damage.
1: Right, right. I'm only allowed four characters, right? Period. Yeah. I, my squad cannot get bigger throughout this game. I can get different options to plug into my four-man squad, but you're almost always kicking the door in on more than four-plus people.
0: Right. And so it, the whole game the whole game then becomes how do I efficiently use the tools I've been given rather than how do I flood the
1: zone with more tools like XCOM right. 2. Right. Right. Or or like there's no such thing as pod control in this game, right? Which I actually like, think I actually think
0: is the absolute shit. I have maintained for years that the absolute worst thing about XCOM as a as a game oh, yeah. series is is the fact that being good at XCOM is more to do with managing pods breaking and their astro yeah, 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 and breaking those those under the hood systems than it is to do with effectively like playing a tactics game.
1: Right. And so when this when this version of XCOM works, it works fucking great. But when you fuck it up, it fucks up so bad. <laughs> that that like uh once i'd figured that out like once i'd figured out how to mitigate the failure state it was fine but that swing hits you way harder in this game right like it, it it's one of those things like because i only have four guys and because i only have so many abilities to push the enemy down the turn order if i fuck this up they get the upper hand and i suddenly have one guy left and no turn um which which like only happened to me a couple times but, like, it sucked so bad and felt so bad, I refused to let it happen again, right? Which was good. Like, it beat me into the right shape to play the game correctly. But it was like, oh, man, that sucked, right? Game, like
0: Games should teach you how to play
1: them. Right. Yeah. And it, it definitely does that. But it's also, like we said, like you said at the beginning, like, it it makes sense that conversation you you summarized makes a lot of sense because this is not the game I was expecting when I hear the name XCOM and that doesn't mean I'm mad at it. It doesn't mean it's bad. It's just like it's such a shift from what I what I was used to. Right? Um Well I was
0: there that, like when both of you guys said like oh I think I've gear shifted in. Right. Like, I think I get it. And like you guys were both having like a like a not a real hard time, but like it wasn't
1: hitting. You know? Right. Right, there was definitely, there's a point in time where it's like, oh, this is the rhythm I need to be working in. Now I get it.
2: I I think part of it for me is that in XCOM, I'm very accustomed to being able to, like, sort of make the squad I want. That, like, if I'm playing XCOM 2 and I decide I I don't like so-and-so class, or I don't like this stripe of abilities on a class. I can build up my team to what I want, and I can double up on the classes I like. and and use them in a way that i'm i'm good at and i'm effective with and because it's this like small roster of discreetly written characters um you don't the the closest thing the closest you ever get to doubling up on anything is like bringing more than one um trooper who uses the same weapon yeah right that's the closest you can get to that and the and the the um strategic layer in the game is and I, I don't mean this as a drag, it's clearly just not where their priority is, but the strategic layer in this game is very shallow compared to other XCOM games. Oh, super shallow, yeah. And so that level of customization that I'm accustomed to being able to level at the game just simply isn't available.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, each each character is a weird mishmash of, of old classes, no direct parallels. Um, yeah.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah, the, yeah, and that was the other thing, is I think when I started this game, I went into it with the mentality that each of these characters I'm being shown has their own moveset, but ultimately they are a class from XCOM 2, which just, re- the longer you play it, the more obvious it becomes that this is just not the case.
1: Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. Yeah, and, like, tying characters in is actually, like, interesting on a certain level, like, that they bothered to write a narrative and write interactions is cool, but it also takes away that um that weird XCOM make up your own shit thing from you. And I yeah I I I,
2: I actually just list, re-listened to our XCOM 2 episode, and this game is the exact opposite thing I asked for out of a sequel to XCOM. <laughs> <laughs> but
0: this isn't a sequel to XCOM. No, right, I know. right. It's the
2: next entry in the series. I, yeah. mean, I, I I still like it, don't get me wrong. But it was it was very funny to me to realize that like I've very specifically the thing i asked for was like more customization options more emergent role playing tools to like to make that experience in xcom richer and and this game has absolutely none of that
1: right that said like i i I brought that up but i don't actually hate the narrative they're working i don't hate the characters that they have like i actually found a lot of joy with a lot of the characters and a lot of the banter and like I I think they nailed it as far as at least writing good characters into this thing. That if if I can't do the other thing, I think they at least made it enjoyable. Um,
0: th- which I is really is, I think the thing I like about this the most. Um, sorry, did I interrupt the thought there, Kenan? I was no, I was you're, in my, you're okay. good, you're good. All right. Um, the thing I like the most about this is how short it is. Right. Because right. It... because it it doesn't say this is the this is the new XCOM train get on it or fuck off it it goes (laughs) it's 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 more like hey ride this crazy ride once every six months when you remember it exists you know yeah Um, i i I would
2: love it if they kept doing this making like little small one-off experimental games Or, or or if they do like in every other like we get xcom 3 and then we get xcom i don't know weird premise
1: I would love a Far Cry model on XCOM where we get a wacky one in between the serious ones. Yeah. I think that'd be great. Um, but yeah, like the the I thinking of it as like an XCOM vacation with some of the flavor like helped me a lot, right? Like, oh, okay, I'm going to go do sort of XCOM things and get that core gameplay of like move, shoot, do those I, things. I know without, I make this. Like...
0: Sorry, you weren't done. You're good. I know I make this comparison a lot, but I thought of it more like, um, uh, more like the 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 class in Borderlands two, the the raider, um, the the because it does it does all this shit that you're normally not allowed to do. Where it's like, hey, you remember throwing grenades? like get used to end your turn. Not no more. Just fucking go nuts, right? And it's like, hey, do you remember how Long War had that cool thing where you get to shoot twice? Just right, do it. Yeah. You got a guy who just does that, and there's. There's a weapon enhancement that just does that. And you, hey, you remember how you used to have to really, really think about what weapon enhancements you were going to put on what weapon, and like that would be that weapon. It's like, nah, man, just swab it around, baby. It's all good. Um, just a lot of those, a lot of those um, things, really reminded me of the types of. Um, the types of things that that, that that they that designers do when they're like, what are the things that annoy people? What are the things that we're not thinking about that you could smooth over to create a new type of experience in this sort of thing? It's like um REST XP, right? It's like yeah. making hey. a positive instead of a negative, you know?
1: Well and and then they also nail it on they, they introduce this turn or this blended turn order, right? They introduce the stack on the right side of the screen that tells you who's next and whether well, they're that's red or the blue. the biggest thing, right? Right, but they introduce this, and then they nail it by introducing abilities that manipulate it, right? Right? They could have easily been like, oh, we're going to do this turn order thing, but fuck you, that's still the turn order. Instead, like, everyone and their mom has an ability to shove some motherfucker further down the turn order. Well,
2: forward. and al- almost all of the abilities that your characters and the enemies get in this game are things that have already existed in the XCOM 2 framework.
1: Mm-hmm. Right.
2: Like, like like, uh, the serpent enemies can wrap around enemies. They can spit poison. Uh, 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 sectoids can fucking stun people. Like all, all these abilities that like change things around it. They're, they're all just using the pieces that already exist in XCOM 2. And this, you know, this game, when you look at it, just screams XCOM 2. Like, like the engine and the That's framework, and why everything up. is like, like, it, it, it's as transparent a a sequel on a mechanical level as, like, the difference between, like, Fallout 1 and 2. Like, you know, those games, like, just have, like, the same UI and the same everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually,
0: on the, on the subject of snakes real quick, I got to say, hey, thanks, Mark Nada, for marking the different snakes that do different stuff with yeah. different stuff on them. So when I see a dude who's got a hammerhead in the back and he's a snake, I'm like, oh, that guy's got to die right now.
1: Yeah. Right. Absolutely love it. Yeah, um, like the the visual language uh, upgrades in this game are fucking amazing too, because they continuously add stuff in that 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 you realize over time. Right? Is well, Oh, they, this is signaling this. This well, they is kind of they
2: kind of have to because if if we count all the different enemy variants as separate enemies, there are way more different enemy types in this game than in XCOM two that that like like cuz th- there's like five types of sectoids there's five types of snakes there's four types of mutons there's like you know 10 hybrid dudes 10 humans like the actual different names for enemies like there's an enormous amount of them and yeah. each and they all have like basically a small subset of what their alien species had in XCOM 2 so you really have to make them stand apart from Well it's on. it's
0: really nice because each one Much like um, this, really like being a person who's DM'd a lot of like fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons or third edition Dungeons and Dragons, it really reminds me of uh, NPC design in that, where each one of them has one, maybe two active abilities, maybe a couple passes, but it's like the scope of what this thing can do is very small. So when you see it, you immediately know here are the threats from that here are the things that it can do here are the ways that like you it, it's all about um being very efficient which is like the whole core of the game right is like i need yeah. to be efficient with my abilities versus like who's going to fuck me up the most versus who do i need to fuck up the most now versus later like that whole
2: yeah like when thing you of. see an enemy you're not gonna probably you're probably not gonna remember every aspect of it but you will remember the thing that needs to be remembered about this enemy. <laughs> yeah exactly
0: yeah it's like uh, when I see dudes with uh, with solid shields, I'm like, ah, no big deal. And when yeah. I see dudes with like electro shields, I'm like, that motherfucker needs to die right now because um, he's going to add three hit points to everybody in the room, and I can't have that.
2: Um, yeah, or the fucking um, what call it? The it's not the Muton Legionnaire. It's the Praetorian, the one that gives yeah. her own armor. Like fuck that. Oh fuck oh, him. He, oh, yeah. It's in stealth
0: armor every time you hit him.
3: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah, fuck that right. guy. I, I fucking hate it, too, because when you shred him, because it's like the master tier of every weapon gives you shred, you shred him, and he's
1: like, oh, my armor got shredded. Time for a new point of armor. Time for new <laughs> yeah. armor. He just, like, keeps <laughs> pulling it out of his pocket and putting it on. Like, yeah. Butthole. Yeah, um, yeah and, like, it's really funny, too, because, like, the first time you meet a, a character type, you're like, oh, I don't want to deal with that. That guy's named a Dominator. He gets to die first. And so there's a couple of them where I would run into, like, a Dominator or, uh, like, basically anything that sounded like it could mind control my dude, I would be like, I'm kicking the door down and killing that motherfucker. There's
2: (laughs) there's definitely, like, a hierarchy of breach targets.
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah.
2: And, like, like, Um, Dominator is definitely a priority target and was, like, a number one priority when I started the game. But, like, by the end of the game, it's like, I don't know, I got bigger shit to deal with.
1: True. It's
0: it's like, uh, the Dominators are always, like, so far in the room that you have low percentage chance to hit them on breach anyway. Um, what I was going to say is uh, from from playing Chimera Squad, like a bunch of it, and then playing a bunch of XCOM 2, Chimera Squad is much more reticent to take options away from you as far as like number of action points you have on your turn. XCOM is all about, like XCOM 2, all about taking actions away from you. Like priests do stasis, sectoids do mind control all the fucking time, um, shit like that. Like Yeah, Chimera Squad doesn't... And
2: Codexes do that ability, what what the fuck is it called? The the big shadow bomb that unloads all your guns? Right. but But You you, may as well have lost your turn because you have to move because it's going to blow up next turn, and you can't shoot. But in
0: in XCOM 2, that's less of a problem, or in in Chimera Squad, that ability is less of a problem because you can reload without ending your turn first, then move, which is super great on people like... uh, like Blue Blood has an ability where he gets overwatch for moving. Yeah. Yeah. If you did turn well, a turn, all, it's Also,
2: air squad like more of your, all of your soldiers have abilities that aren't guns. Right. Yeah. Um, which is not always the case in XCOM too. Right. There's there's,
0: there's always like I, the the game will do stuff to you, but it's more about limiting your options rather than taking whole actions away. Right.
1: And well, that the that everyone has a non-gun, some sort of ability that's environmental or whatever, like gives you more options in a way. I hope they carry forward.
2: Well, also, um, fuck, what was I going to say? I forget. Never mind. Let's move on.
0: Okay. Um, what do you, so one thing I really, really, uh, enjoyed was, uh, the lower scale here. Um, so it feels much more like a police department dealing with out of control criminals than it does like a full blown war effort. Right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm not burning down buildings. I'm blowing up furniture. I'm not uh, dealing with hordes of grizzlids and and mechs and mutons. Like, I'm not
1: saving people, villages, right? right when, like...
0: <laughs> when, when big things higher up the tech tree for the enemies show up in the game, it's scary. Codexes are frightening. They were yep. in XCOM 2, but they're even more frightening now. Um, and like the gatekeeper and the sectopod, holy shit. Mm-hmm. Those mm-hmm. Were some, so fucked up. That was fucked
1: up, or, man. Or the archon. Yep. Yeah, the Archon. Yeah. That they hold the Archon in their pocket for so long is so good to me. Like the Archon like finally shows up at the end of those missions and you're like, oh fuck, I remember those. <laughs> like, yeah.
2: Although they kind of you... they kind of softballed the Archon because if you stun him, it stops his blazing pinions. Yeah. They call it yeah. something else, but
1: he's a little more manageable this time around, which is probably yeah. a good thing.
0: But like a lot a lot of stuff. Right, like a lot of a lot of the the higher tier action economy abilities from XCOM Two are are either removed or shunted off into epic weapons or have uh, more caveats on them. Um, like uh, uh, the the ability to shoot everybody in the room face off, that ability is limited by how much ammo you have. Right, like like these things all are more hemmed in and more scaled down uh, and more they feel more like. Uh, like a metropolitan area, I have massive amounts of questions about how all this is working, and what you know, like w- w- why do mutants suddenly have b- like DSL and and fish eyes, right?
2: Like, <laughs> They're hybrids.
0: The, okay, but they human are they just the, but I, that's what I'm saying is like is like you are they just jamming more human DNA into themselves from last game?
2: I don't know, they had masks on before, didn't they?
0: Yeah, but, and they had fucking yellow eyes. Yeah. like, they're neat, they're, they're, to me, I would like... There's, so there's sort of a X-Men. little
1: less explanation than For there things. should be. Yeah. I get it. Hey,
0: the snakes have titties, human DNA, whatever. But, like, can you can I get a little bit more explanation as to, so, like... XCOM
2: has never been a series of games that is, like, super interested in getting into its own world building and story. But I am. I'm asking. <laughs>
0: That's what I'm doing in this moment. So, like,
2: like, like I, I, like, there are so many questions about this game. Like, like in this game, like when you get a terror mission, or what, the the game's equivalent of a terror mission, and crisis. you a crisis, and the crisis is always um, six mutant berserkers are punching cars.
0: <laughs> yeah, which is
1: the crisis. That <laughs> is, is a, that is a legit crisis, but also.
2: Yeah, like, like, like th- this game doesn't go very far to explain how aliens and humans integrate into a functional society. Like, what do those mutant berserkers do with the rest of their time? Like, right. do they hold down jobs? Are they normal dudes? Are they safe to be around?
0: No, well, first are of they all, they Muton equipment?
3: Are, they're not dudes at all. They are all female.
2: Yeah. Uh, well, whatever. Like, you, you know what I mean, though. Like, like every mutant berserker I've ever fucking been around has been like insanely dangerous. <laughs> yeah, to, to, to its own team and to mine. Um,
0: yeah. Um, I, speaking to that, like, I would love to know the answer to these questions. Also, weird thing, the um, the most dominant female you ever talk to in any Mutant society in the game has white skin and red modeling. So, like, hmm. I don't know, maybe it's something to do with that. <laughs> but, like, they don't, yeah, they don't, yeah. Firaxis has zero interest in explaining um, the... The deeper intricacies of how any of this shit
2: works. What, what, what is the role of chrysalids in in modern society?
0: Oh, to to not have them and kill them immediately. <laughs> uh, they they talk about uh, they talk about how there was like a chrysalid massacre. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's a part of town called Bugtown because everyone there a few years ago got fucking killed because some chrysalids got out. Uh, so yeah, I actually I, I think it would be cool if they did um, uh, if the chrysalids like evolved. In the next game, and we're like sneaky, uh, and did like the burrowing they did next XCOM 2, but more. Um, that'd be cool. Um, or, but uh, I, think it, I think it's, I think it's, uh, you know, like we in our RPG group, we've been talking a lot about uh, the plot, it needs to come first, and the rules need to come second. I think at for Axis, it's very much the opposite. It's like, oh, yeah. what, what rules are fun, and then we'll come up with explanations afterwards, and anything else, uh, we don't care.
1: And uh, honestly, like. I'm glad they're focused on making a good game. Like yeah. that's that's fine. But I'm with you that like it'd be really neat if someone came in afterwards and was like what's a cool reason for this to happen. Right. Like <laughs> um but but at the same time like we're asking for that and also lamenting the I got to build my own storyline. Thing and so like I don't know where the happy medium on that is.
0: The happy medium is we wait for XCOM three to come out and in the meantime play Crusader Kings three. I don't know what else right. to do, but that's what you and I are going to do. So
1: absolutely, September uh, can't come fast enough.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's really not that far away. So uh, <laughs> yeah,
2: uh, so it's funny for um for our last episode as like a bit of like sort of background research that ended up not being helpful or useful at all. Um, I rewatched District Nine. Mm-hmm. Um, which that movie has not aged well. Um, like that movie always had some rough edges, but the scene of, I, I watched it because the Penrose is the giant fucking alien spaceship from that movie. Right. Like it just is. Yeah. And so I was like, Oh wow, that's an interesting similarity. I'm going to rewatch this movie and see if I notice anymore. There were no other similarities, um, but the first 20 minutes of District 9 are basically what you're doing in this game. The, the, like, crackdown in in the, like, bug ghetto of you just, like, kicking in doors and burning down buildings with, like, you know, where, like, aliens are, like, cooking up alien space drugs or or whatever.
0: Yep. Yeah, I'd love to see this game be better on the strategic layer. Playing XCOM 2 again, I'm reminded of how fucking good the Resistance Ring is at making me feel, like, engaged in the world. Because like most of XCOM 2 kind of happens at you, and you don't really make a lot of choices.
1: Um, the they, choices you make are about reacting to what's at you, right? right. Like, yeah, yeah. But the
0: Resistance yeah. Ring is the only place I feel like I'm being proactive at all. And I think that's like a really good choice. And this game, very much the same. The game kind of happens at you. And I wish that there was a way to to feel proactive about what you're doing at all.
1: Well, and like
2: especially like the city anarchy and the yeah temperature of all the districts, it means that you don't really get to make a decision for yourself which district you're going to tend to next. You have to deal with the one that is in the worst condition. Right.
1: You you have very few ways to tend to the needs of the strategy layer, and then on top of that, like I don't know about you guys, but I barely use spec ops that weren't lower the fucking panic rate, like. Because because I was so worried about that becoming like a huge thing and and things getting a lot worse that like anyone who's not in the fucking van and not in the back to tank is gonna be over there working on either the new technology we're working on or hey let's knock down some of this panic. So uh, <laughs> so, so
0: funny thing, um, for my entire first playthrough, t- uh, Torque was locked in the Spec Ops room, um, <laughs> and she just continuously spammed work. Which you made, I didn't realize was funny until after I finished that play playthrough.
1: You made Torque the Office Ninja? Come on. <laughs> yeah. Well
0: I didn't want like I didn't need to use any of her abilities. My yeah. my squad for that game for that playthrough was um uh, was Cherub Terminal Blue Blood um, godmother. And so it was like, Okay, the, the two brown people the two brown it's people are gonna kill Everything in the room and Cherub and terminal are going to clean up, so we don't get murked on off turns.
1: Yo, right? yeah, that's like that's like such a that's such a defense offense team that you're I, talking
2: I, about there. Like, I, I, I had something similar happen where um, I tried to play through the game as non lethally as possible because mm. uh, I think the cops shouldn't kill so many people. And if our entire society is destroyed and we have to rebuild it, like let's just build the cops different this time. Uh, but so this meant that I brought Axiom on a ton of my early missions because he has a unarmed punch. And I was like, mm. Oh, that'll be great for knocking dudes out. It's not Ooh. great for knocking dudes out. It no, it is people. not. Yeah. And I, I didn't realize that right away. And so like he killed like a good chunk of people um and and at a certain point i got sick of like having to remember to not use that ability that that one's like kind of off the table if i want to like maintain this so i eventually just gave him a desk job that that, like like in my head canon like the chief said he wants his badge and his gun and you're gonna be driving a desk from now on axiom that's the last time you punched a a, a sectoid to death but (laughs) because i used him a bunch for like the first like quarter of the game he was actually like kind of high rank and so he was the only one who was qualified to do the um, the spec ops that require uh, officer rank.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and so it was him and Blue Blood um, just did um, um, just did spec ops the entire game. I, I just didn't care for Blue Blood's move set,
1: mm-hmm. and
2: it also resulted in them like weirdly quipping with one another about how well they do on missions. <laughs>
1: <laughs> even though they're not on missions
2: yeah i would get these like little interstitial chats between them and it's like these guys are both just like puffing their chest trying to act like they're cool operators but they're the ones who get stuck at home like these, these fucking ding-dongs
1: you made them the two old white guy detectives from brooklyn 99 where they're always saying about how cool they are but they're actually dipshits
2: yeah yeah
1: <laughs> Uh, who are you guys, your favorite, uh, squad mate or agents in, in Chimera squad? Well,
0: let's let, let's just get it out of the way. Godmother is the main character of this video game. Oh,
1: absolutely.
0: <laughs> um, and, and I want to talk about a unique problem that Godmother has, which is that there aren't enough slots, uh, for customizing her shotgun better um, <laughs> because she, because of CCS, she really wants an expanded mag. Yep. She really wants one. And yep. because she's so good at murdering things in one shot, she yep. really wants a reflex uh, reflex handle. Yep. Um, so she can do it twice. Um, and then because you you need those shots to hit, she really needs a scope. Mm-hmm. And so what ended up happening was just she spent most of her actual turns reloading and moving into a position to force the enemy to kill themselves on their next turn. Okay.
1: Um, yeah. Okay. I ended up wielding her that way some. Uh i found her the highest tier expanded mag and slapped that on her and didn't look back Mm. Uh, so she had three extra rounds
2: Uh, which i I went with the auto loader for her so she uh she gets free
1: reloads that was the other thing she was carrying (laughs) so she has huge mag and can reload it for free once or twice throughout the mission and it was so good (laughs) um there were there were some instances where i would look at the way the enemy was going to flow through the room and I would just plop her in cover in the middle of it and be like, "You're gonna reload because there's gonna be about five dudes running by you right now, and she just fucking housed them on their own turns, <laughs> and it was awesome. it felt so good when it worked out right, yeah
0: um yeah i, I you know Owen and I have talked about this uh, before, and I've held off on on my comments on it, but I think that like most of the operators have a mode that they can get to. Some of them are like, they're shit in the early game and they get better. Some of them are really good in the early game and they sort of slowly slide off, just ever so slightly. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of them really just need a buff, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the three people who need a buff in, uh, in ascending order of how badly they need buffs are um, Axiom, Cherub, and Shelter. Okay. Uh, I, I I think that like Shelter can do some cool stuff, but he's playing XCOM 2 when we're all playing uh, Chimera Squad. Right, like right. The, the, the I... ability he has are, would be really good if we were playing XCOM 2, but we're playing the game where each of my dudes gets to do three things on their turn, right? And so it's not cool to someone out of cover and spend most of your turn doing that, right?
1: Yeah, shelter becomes a lot cooler when you get him to the point where when you relocate, when you switch places with someone, it bumps their turn order down.
0: Yeah, and that, that that's uh, cool. But that what I'm saying is, he he needs something for his early game at the very least. Oh, for it, sure, because he feels like a weight. Like it's it's not enough. Yeah, you no, know, he gets cool. Like like solace is cool. Soulfire is cool. Uh, uh, getting um, getting uh. uh the, the, the spray ability that terminal has on him when he when he swaps places with people those are all really good abilities but it's just it kind of feels spread out and that's also my problem with axiom is that I he wants to be this weird like switch hitter where like sometimes you use the shotgun sometimes you punch people in the face and they like, do status effects but it's just like neither of them is really good enough to justify me the bringing either zephyr or shotgun
2: really inconsistent too yeah like, that's like the other I, thing i never felt like um and every time i ever told him to punch someone it was never on the assumption that they would then receive a status effect like like because like if you start depending on it you're just gonna fuck yourself over you're gonna put yourself in a bad right
1: situation. Uh, right yeah. where a sneak lady spits poison and they get poisoned unless they're immune to poison. Right? Like like you're you're banking you if you're spending an entire action on this thing and if you're trying to get the status that's like really important that it hits every time or it needs to <laughs> counter that by being better at something else. And he doesn't really do that, right? Like um Yeah,
0: and um so and with Cherub, uh you could literally fix my entire problem with Cherub by giving him a free point of armor at the beginning of the game. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah, He's fine if you do that. If you don't, he kind of sucks at the beginning of the game.
2: Yeah, yeah. I I, I started using him pretty late into the game. Um,
0: he's and, fucking DDLK late
2: game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he, he was... When it wasn't his turn, he would have, like, three points of armor because I had, like, a plated vest on him. Yeah. And, and he would get one on his off turn, and then he would... Yeah, like, and he starts with one.
1: Well, plus, like, it, uh, he has, I think, the most interesting ability because he just slaps a shield on someone that negates the next attack that hits them.
2: Okay, it's kind of fucked up. You can't put it on, like, hostages and civilians and stuff.
1: Oh, what? You can put, it, you can put yeah. it on VIPs. Like, the ones you're supposed to escort out, you can put it on, but you can't put it on the other ones. You're right. Like, like when, City,
2: when City Hall got attacked, I was like, oh, this will be great. We're going to go in there, and he, like, Cherub's is going to protect the fuck out of these people. It's like, nah.
1: Nah. <laughs> no, like, anytime you have someone you need to pull out when it's one of those missions where you go in, grab them, and leave with them, he can do it, which is fucking sick. Um, you know what sucks ass though? What you know how Zephyr gets parry? Uh, no, because I didn't have Zephyr. Okay, so Zephyr
0: gets Templar parry as her first ability. Uh, okay, when you, when you level her up, which is amazing. Everyone, everyone in this in this call knows that fuck like, Templars rule, right? Templars they're like, rule. they're yeah, really rule. good. They're they're like a grenade, but a person. They just fuck everything up. It's awesome.
1: Man, grenade. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, well, I usually do a lady grenade. Okay, um, but.
1: but yeah, I mean, yeah.
0: <laughs> but uh, grenade. But but Z- uh, Zephyr, if you do parry on her, and then you also have a shield on her, both will get used up from one attack, mm. which is lame. So you can't yeah. like I've put I, like I there was this point where I put her in a position where she was going to get attacked by two different people. And then the first one ate both, and the second one shot her a bunch, and she took a bunch of damage. And I was like, what?
2: Oh, that reminds me. Um, I had, Something that I ran into a few times that kept pissing me off is I would put a shield on, like you were just talking about, and disarming shot still disarms, even though it gets
0: blocked by the shot. Oh, yeah, and poison goes through it. and there's Yeah, statuses still go through it. That's poo-poo. It is poo-poo, but I think it's important for the balance of the game somehow. I don't know. You probably have to talk to Mark about that one
2: um uh, yeah I, I liked verge a lot he he was probably my favorite my favorite like character moveset in the game like he's the character that i would want him in xcom 2
0: well he, uh, he's the yeah he's he has all the moves you have the least access to yeah in, in xcom 2
1: yeah i i also love so you turned me on to verge like verge got into my rotation after you started talking about him on yeah. um I also love that a lot of the late game abilities involve healing because healing is the one thing that you don't get a ton of, right? I
2: I, well, I also like that he heals without having me to like waste actions on it.
1: Right, right. There's a lot of this passive healing, whether it's you finding some regen weave for your armor, whether it's that some characters have regen off of their abilities, like weave all day, maybe. Yeah, and so it's it's one of those things where it's like, okay, they looked at what the issues were going to be and they put some things in that if you were paying attention. Would would lighten the load significantly. Like, uh, I started putting Regen Weave on Godmother, so she just gets to health every time her turn comes around, which doesn't sound like a lot, but when I tell you that she has twelve health bars and is fucking in it the whole time, yeah, it really works out. No, yeah, no so
0: like
2: I, I was that little trickle of healing really adds up. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: The, the, the little trickle healings are great. Um, here's the here's the thing. Um. Shit, I lost my train of thought. Mach uh, M- Weave is really good. Mach Weave um, is super good. Yeah, because, yeah. So, so, oh, right, here's what I was going to say. So, in XCOM 2, taking damage means you fucked up. Right. In this game, taking damage means that the game is progressing normally. Right. Uh, and so, it,
2: it means that you've walked through the front door. Like, right, like yeah. It means you, <laughs> you will get hurt most breaches.
0: The, the game is doing what it's supposed to when you get hurt, which is why I basically just spam terminal all the time. Um, she's great. But, uh, here's the thing. If you take less damage, you need to do less healing, and your soldiers get less scars. So, I, as soon as I found out about Mockweave, Weave, which gives you 50% dodge,
1: which 50% is fucking dodge,
0: yeah. so good. So, so, half the time when you get hit, you take half damage, which means that all that healing burden, way reduced.
1: Also... Um, on top of that, one of the things they added in is if your character's in full cover, it functions as one armor. Right, that's
0: a long war thing, yeah. The, okay, the it's fucking tight,
1: Yeah, and, and, and it makes people, so much more
0: sense. Been, people have been screaming that at, uh, for access Forever, is that, like, along with being harder to hit, you should also just have a point of armor. It feels better to be in,
1: in high cover, then, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, like, it, this is my safety safe, right? Exactly. Like... <laughs>
0: So, um, who's, who's I think you, you asked the question, who's your favorite character? Or did you ask that question? And you guys did. Love, you guys both did
1: Purge, right? Uh, I did not actually answer yet, but go ahead okay. if you got it. No, 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 if
0: you're gonna, I want, I want to hear your answer.
1: Uh, I actually really loved Torque even though she's definitely a cop in the worst way. <laughs> oh, yeah, she's the fashy cop for sure. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Um, but I loved that they bothered even doing that with one of their characters. Like, like, torque for people who don't know torque is the snake lady on your team she is one of the snake people and her entire thing is that she signed up for Xcom because it was the only place she could get into the dark fucked up shit she does as a snake person like she is torque is the fucked up spec ops agent for the aliens who turned leaf turned over because this was the only place she got to do the work she enjoys. And as a result, like she's this standoffish, like piece of shit in your office, also, but like is so good at killing things. <laughs> so
0: two, two things about Torque: um, her being like white-colored almost certainly means that she is uh, the spawn of the snake alien ruler. Uh huh. <laughs> which, which means that which means that Jane almost certainly knows where her mother's skin is located. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then, second. Uh, her voice actor did not know she was voicing a snake person. Oh really? Which I actually think is fucking brilliant, is you just like like you don't want to show them a picture and be like, Oh, I want you to do this Muton voice, which is why uh like Axiom's voice doesn't sound like this, right? Like Right, right. And, and her voice doesn't have like elongated S's or whatever. They just sound like people because they are. Right. right? So I think that's brilliant from the um, from the design perspective there.
1: Yeah, and like I I part of the reason I like Torque is because I thought it was a really interesting writing decision on their part to have someone who was this dark, right? Who was like, no, I'm actually just into fucking killing shit, and this is the only place I get to do it. Well, okay, she become, fine, whatever. She's a fucking uh,
0: Punisher logo on her truck, you know? So right. She,
1: yeah. Right. Like, like she, she, she's this weird like thing that can't exist in the regular society and as a result joined XCOM and recognizes that and is smart enough to do that and I think that's like
2: it, it does make like Advent and the elders and the alien invasion that much more of a like one dimensional mustache twirling villain thing though. oh
1: absolutely <laughs>
2: like, like, like she's just a bad guy
1: yeah yeah uh she's a bad guy who found a place where it was acceptable to be herself enough um and yeah, like, I, it's one of those things too, like, I wouldn't at all be surprised if Advent or uh, the, the Elders come back and suddenly Torque is on their side, right? Like, mm-hmm. like she's she's tolerating you because she gets to fucking put her tongue on people and squeeze the shit out of them. Oh, you know? gross. Why'd you say that? You know, when, when, the
2: when the Cardassians captured Deep Space Nine, Oda
0: was still the chief of security.
1: Right, right. <laughs> like... oof, oof,
3: oof,
0: Yep. yeah. I wish DS9 had dealt with that more. Anyway, um, my favorite character is Patchwork. Um, uh, I think it's I think it's tight that they have a disabled character in this game. I love that shit. Um, I think that if you give a reflex grip to uh, to Patchwork, she's a fucking murder machine. Um, because she damages things when she moves, she stuns things when she uses her one hundred percent guaranteed to hit move, um, okay. and and then also can with her, her rifle. She is, is that what I'm hearing? Uh, no, she's um, so you know how Terminal is the medical specialist. Oh, okay. She's the roboticist, okay. um, and so she has these big like Coke bottle glasses, and she's Mexican um and she electrocutes everything and if you take her against sacred coil her all her electrical damage to all the robots
1: Um, see she showed up on my options after i dealt with them so she didn't really have a lot of appeal
0: no she she makes sacred coil super easy to deal with but then also like if you give her a reflex grip she'll fuck some shit up um from the back too yeah it's nuts
1: Oh yeah, um, terminal's late game ability where Overwatch just constantly works. Again, she would move, she would heal someone, she would reload, and that would be her turn, right? Like,
0: yeah, I think my favorite one of the like unlocked abilities you get for getting max rank and then sending them into the training is gotta be Cherub's Return Fire. That yeah. shit, is, yeah. I saw a meme yeah. on uh on the XCOM Reddit where it was like, oh, so you've chosen to die,
1: <laughs> right? Right. It makes him like a lot more dangerous. Yeah. Uh, In a way that, like, I wish he had something, like, like, because his breach ability is, I'm going to block the damage, right? Yeah. I'm the shield guy, I'm coming through the door, look at me, look at me. But, like, that he doesn't have something that's similar offensively at the beginning is awkward, right? Like well, I think, yeah, I think
0: that's part of the whole narrower focus um, right. thing, is, like, nobody has two breach abilities. Right. You know? Like, some people do, but they're used at different points in the breach. Right, like some people have abilities that pop as you're going in the door. Some people have abilities that pop when you're through the door, but nobody has two at any point. So, yeah.
2: Well, uh, I always feel like with Cherub during Breach, <clears throat> it was like, honestly, almost more important than his Phalanx ability is just having him, like, run into the middle of the room to make everyone else feel really uncomfortable about their cover situation.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, the time-honored XCOM tradition of making enemies turn yellow and do something dumb.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like like stomping him into the middle of a room and just having him plunk down his shield and just sit there.
0: Yeah. And the wonderful thing about that ability is that since you can use it on other people, you could make other people do that too. Yep. yep. You're like, hey, go go- hey, Godmother, do you want to be stupid for half a turn? Go.
2: I most of the writing for the squad members in this game doesn't really super duper work for me but I love how much of a big dumb boy Cherub is.
0: Oh, right? yeah. yeah. He's he's super... He's like, hey, when are we going to the base? And Whisper's like, uh, we're at the
2: base. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, like it, it just works so well with it, the, like, sort of dumb dildo gameplay of just, like, charging him into a room. And yeah. he somehow never gets hurt, even though everyone around him gets hurt constantly.
1: The, the running joke by an XCOM content creator is that the M- Mutons yell football, but Cherub plays football. Right? Yeah. Like, um... It's I really... Yeah, it's... Oh, um, no, it's Mouth. <laughs> so, I really like Terminal, because she is every bit the World of Warcraft healer character you expect, in that everything she says is about, I'm either your medic and not looking at your rash, or, hey, stop fucking getting shot. <laughs>
0: like she was, uh, she was too like Avengers dialogue-y for me. okay. Uh, in her dialogue, even though I spammed her constantly. She was like, she's like, oh, give somebody a Snickers to the first person who doesn't get shot, or whatever, like, uh, I don't know. It's
1: just I thought that dialogue was funny, because she says, uh, th- I've got a snack for whoever gets shot next, and Terminal's like, wait, are you fucking telling, or not Terminal, uh, the Whisper. Captain, yeah, Captain Sweatshirt is tell- Is like, hey, uh, are-, are you telling them to get shot? And she's like, well, they're beat chips, it was supposed to be negative reinforcement, right? Like, yeah. Like, it, it, it's charming enough, but also, like, you right. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, but I, I liked that they had uh, they had Celio Dash, who was, like, the, their version of a CNN, like Tom Brokaw, you know, he's was, mm-hmm. like, giving mm-hmm. you the street dirt. And then they also had their version of Alex Jones. Um, right, and then both right. Both of them were sectoids. And then they had uh, not Dogs. I really liked not Dogs. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> can eat not Dogs, uh, guaranteed to not contain cats. Um, the
1: cereal that wriggles.
2: Well, yeah, and, uh, not... uh, and uh, you you noticed the um the hamburger arms race didn't you no yeah. <laughs> there's two competing companies trying to invent the first hamburger that can be eaten by all of the alien species
1: <laughs> yeah um there's I also you guys, i only run into not dogs they, I, guys, did... they
2: they have like a um the patty by itself is like 80 percent edible to everyone and then you depending on what species you are you're supposed to put a flavor bulb in it okay and, and then it, it then it reaches it goes the rest of the way and becomes edible to you. Okay.
1: Am I the only one who got the save Alex Jones quest for a side quest?
2: Uh, Lloyd Tesseract. Yeah,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I got that. I <laughs> uh, he mouths off to you the whole mission, and I thought that was perfect. Like it was so yeah. like it's like Spider Man saving Jameson, right? Like it was it was such a good like oh yeah I get it this guy's just a shithead There's and we have to also the to...
0: gimmick from uh, TLP the the. Um... The the pack from XCOM two, like the final DLC. Yeah, the whole, yeah, yeah, yeah. All mission structure was there's a radio DJ who the Advent sent a bunch of chrysalids to, and you need to go save him from right. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, but like that that whole like roll your eyes and protect him thing works for me. Like, it's a good comic book trope.
0: Which this game is very comic booky, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. this game mm-hmm. definitely is.
2: I mean, it's even got the the comic book portraits every time everyone's fucking talking. You know? yeah,
1: it's got sort of the motion comic thing going for it in the cinematics and yeah um, did you
0: guys get the dialogue between Verge and Axiom where they talk about uh, the relationship between sectoids and cats and mutons and cats? No uh, uh, axiom Axiom <laughs> Do talks about eat both of them. what? Do mutons eat both? Well, mutons. I don't know if mutons eat cats, and I don't know if chrysalids, or I don't know if uh, sectoids eat cats, but, but the dialogue is essentially, like, um, to, to figure out how empathetic an individual muton was, the reclamation government decided to issue all mutons who hadn't been, like, designated as, as empathy levels higher than, you know, zero. They, they were all given cats um, so that their, like, parole officer could check in and be like, hey, you know, how you doing with that cat? Uh, and they tried the same thing with sectoids, but cats view sectoids as adversaries. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and Axiom was never given a cat because he fucking uh, came out of his apartment during the Bugtown Massacre and saved all his neighbors from being eaten by chrysalids. Um
1: yeah, Axiom's whole thing is, like, he stepped outside and punched a lot of bugs.
0: Yeah. He apparently punch a chrysalid to death.
2: Dude, I brought so many chrysalids back alive. Oh, like, yeah. Right? Giant... I, I, I loaded out tranquilizer rounds on every gun on every mission. And so it's just, like, we just have a giant tank of them back at the station. Where they're just, like, in a heap snarling at us or something. Like, what the fuck do we do with these guys?
1: dude you fucking kill them and cook them i bet they're delicious they're like giant crabs (laughs) Dude, i'll I'll
2: tell you the i thought the um the the non-lethal thing would be like a huge pain in the ass but it means that every time the salvage market shows up i can just buy everything in the shop
1: yeah you can just be like "Ooh, look at my
2: goodies
0: pretty damn cool just being able to buy an epic weapon
2: yeah, yeah, like every every epic weapon, every like super duper weapon mod that came through, by the end of the game, all my soldiers were wearing plated vests. Nice. Um, like it like it was fucking rad. And it meant that I could also focus um all of my spec ops stuff on not on getting intel because I was always just completely flushed You're in it. Getting right intel.
1: The intel was constantly flowing, so that part yeah. of the game wasn't a problem. Yeah. yeah.
2: Dude, uh, you guys fuck around with
1: bubble grenades at all? Fuck. I I was late enough when we were talking about them on the same Discord that that uh, I had. No, on. I never used bubble grenades.
2: They they are fucking incredible. Like they're exactly what they sound like. It's a one turn stasis.
0: Oh, um, you're talking about okay stasis grenades? Yeah, I used those a few times.
2: Yeah, I don't I, remember
0: them being called bubble grenades. They're maybe called maybe bubble grenades. Just, maybe that's just me. Yeah.
3: Um,
2: and oh my god, I I, I like having every person in your squad have one of those is unbelievable
1: well and and grenades are one of those things that don't end your turn right like it's a free Ooh. action yeah yeah okay and, really lucky and get
2: more than one person in it too
1: right right i can see how that's really fucking fun
2: yeah especially on missions where there's like a um objective object that the aliens want to fuck with right not one that you need to rescue like one that they need to like do something, so they keep crowding around it. So you you can catch a bunch of them at once.
1: <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> That's fun. Yeah. Uh, doesn't um, work
2: on doesn't work on sectopods though. I found out.
1: Yeah, yeah. Very few things of the bullets do. Robot doesn't care about your perception of time, dude. Fucking on
0: my last playthrough, blue blood housed that secto the sectopod so fucking fast. He <laughs> was just like dead eye, dead eye. Bye, bitch. Uh, yeah, I guess. Uh, so. I beat the the game the first time. And then the second time I was like, oops, all shotguns. And my squad was everybody (laughs) who had a shotgun. And I just rushed Mastercraft to shotguns. And it was a fun time. It was terminal hanging out with three three people with shotguns. It was great. Claymore, Godmother, and Axiom just having a good shotgun party. Killing fucking everything. I I got two epic shotguns really early in the
2: game. So I, I actually never bothered, like, tacking up my shotguns.
0: Putting dragon rounds through everybody, especially if oh. they have mind control powers, because that turns them off.
1: Um, dragon rounds are so good. Yeah, dragon rounds are amazing. Um, oh and, then, and
0: then in my third playthrough, I did oops all SMGs, and that was even better. Uh, what, you know, was, was, when do SMGs get good? Uh, from the beginning of the game, they're automatically better than rifles. Um, because if there's when they miss, there's a chance they'll graze. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then they have the same stats as rifles. Okay. Rifles would technically have like better accuracies at range, but you never live that at those game,
1: yeah, those like, like yeah. XCOM 2 those ranges matter. In this game rarely are you that far away, right? Like So like
2: I I so I didn't really use any of the soldiers that use SMGs like natively. Um but I did get my hands on an epic SMG at one point so I gave it to the one android I built. And like, the second, I, I only ended up using the Android twice in my whole playthrough of the game, and it was on the final Grey Phoenix mission, where you fight the sectopod at the end. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. And, like, it's, like, my first time taking out an SMG and, like, trying it out, and it's like, this thing does three damage. This is like a fucking plasma gun that does three damage. This is, this
0: is kind of whack. Yeah, well, um, so the guns being epic, as far as I understand, it doesn't actually increase their damage at all. It's still based on your tech level. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so even if you have an epic gun, it's only going to do additional damage if you have teched up to it. But on the on the on the opposite side, if you have mastercrafted whatever type of gun, your epic guns will then shred, which is neat.
2: Oh, okay, I must have had mastercrafted shotguns then, and not SMGs or something. Yeah, because um, uh, the android, his damage was so low. Like you know how you have to like shoot those power coils to to shut the ship down. Or only sometimes. Dro- okay, well. That was the android's job because his gun sucked so much ass. Yeah, it's, so just ran around and shot those things.
0: So there's a there's a that that mission is like three missions, and one of them is you have to like run around a room doing switches. And if yeah. you don't run around the room and actually do the switches, like like normally switches get like automatically tripped if you be, kill all the enemies. But if you actually run around and do all the switches in that one, it won't make you turn off the power cores. You'll fight wow. the sectipod on an entirely different map.
2: Interesting. Okay.
1: The sectopod showed up while we were turning shit off in mine, so I was just like, cool, three of you deal with him. I'm shooting these things. Uh- <laughs> yeah,
0: in the the time I actually did that map, uh, Zephyr just ran between them and punched them, uh, which was cool because she could be invincible afterwards. Yeah. I fucking love Templars. So um, I have a sort of weird hybrid between me making predictions for XCOM 3. Actually, I don't really want to. to Frame this as a prediction, but I think it would be cool if in the next game, what we're doing is going through the psionic gateways that we now have control of at the end of XCOM 2, ending up on alien planets, and like convincing them that the elders suck.
1: Yeah, like it sort of seems like they're paving the way for that or another invasion, and I hope they choose the, the former. Um, because like either do some terror from the deep shit with your other invasion or like let's fucking like they already imply at the end of Xcom 2 like we're going to go fucking get them right yeah. and then like the they're hard sort part of
0: is putting the humans on the back foot how do you do that and make us redo the tech tree so, again
2: so there, there's something uh Floyd Tesseract says at one point in the game um where 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 the person he's interviewing in his show says like, if you had to pick one, what, what, so so they ask he asks him, oh, What keeps you up at night, Floyd? And Floyd says, You've listened to my show, yes? And he says, Yes, but if you had to pick one, what would it be? And Floyd says, The single greatest threat to this world and the people upon it are is no longer the elders. It's the it's the dormant monsters they've left behind, ready to show their heads should some unwitting fool attract their attention. And Tobias says, But we have XCOM to protect us. And he says, Do we? The elders left many toys behind when does XCOM decide it's all right to play with something they don't fully understand?
1: Right, yeah.
2: And so I, I think it's going to be something more in line with what he's talking about. Like, like the sort of um, XCOM equivalent of Unexploded Ordnance, of, of some sort of awful contingency program, or... or well,
0: or the original or XCOM 3 featured Kaiju.
2: Yeah. Well, In so, well, XCOM 2 also, Gestures at Terror from the Deep, the last level's underwater. Right. And yeah. and, and so, like, like he, he, what i what I imagine is like the the next game is like what if it's what if it's you fucking around with with like Exalt or something or shrike or or some sort of like earthly organization, and then Kaiju come out of the ocean, like maybe like one size category larger than a sectopod and start just stomping through maps as you are also trying to play an XCOM mission <laughs> in that map.
1: Yeah. Right, right, or like there's the ending of this game has this, uh, this like, oh, they don't know what's coming. We've already got a big conspiracy thing, like angle to it. Oh yeah, uh, that like yeah, it yeah, could no go exalt, in a different direction. Exalt, yeah,
2: I I think it should be exalt and kaiju and terror from the deep. You could do all three. You can bing bing bing,
1: bing bing bing. Welcome and, like, to Backfoot. All and, these things showed up.
2: Yeah, and so like X- X- exalt resistance ring back. I'm happy. Hey, exalt would be like the first half of the game where it's just like you you with troops fighting troops and then like the tilt is like exalt becomes like less of a concern as the kaiju and, and like, and and maybe also like later in the game, the kaiju are accompanied by um, familiar troop types.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, So do you guys have, do you guys have anything else you want to say about XCOM chimera squad?
2: I think it's kind of fucked up what we did to gray Phoenix. They just wanted to go home.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the way they were going about it was super illegal and dangerous. Um, but yeah, I think at the end of the day, you probably should just give people those people a spaceship if they ask for it.
1: Well, and especially with the way the one leader goes down and the other one is like super sympathetic, is like, well, I guess we're done. Like that definitely like worked in making me feel bad about it. It,
2: it, it, it made me feel like there's like a whole missing story because like yeah. there's definitely all this stuff about like like muton protesters saying that it's their sacred right to work in the shipyards and stuff like that. Like, like that, that, yeah. that whole story arc just kind of bummed me out in, in that. Like there's no gesture being made towards like letting these aliens that were enslaved go home
1: <laughs> or, or integrating them in the places they want to be integrated. Right. Like, well, like, been, like
0: let's, let's go home with them. And help them liberate their people from the elder. Right. Sectoral. Yeah.
2: Yeah. All right. That's all I wanted to touch on before we finish.
0: Okay. So, all right. Moving on. Uh, it is the time for us to compare this video game to other video games. Um, Me! In a non-standard and pretty bewildering way. Um, how many Disco Elysiums out of five does this game receive? Then. Mm. Um,
2: Probably not much. Uh, I can't think of a lot. I would say it has in common with Disco Elysium.
1: Yeah. I mean besides the three quarters camera angle. <laughs> like, I, I that's the only out, thing I can think of.
2: Shout out to the the eight directional camera this time instead of
1: four. Yeah, oh,
0: yeah. It's pretty good stuff. Pretty good stuff. Yeah, I'm I'm comfy with the zero. I'm I'm I'm, I'm chilling. Zero.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
2: Tim Tim's out of 5. Uh I'd give it like 2. Yeah. What?
0: Yeah. Uh, oh, cause, hey, but no. I'm thinking about it now, and yeah, no. Two. Temtem
2: two thinks it's about. a Saturday morning cartoon, and so does this game.
0: Yeah, and they're both just numbers, also. Yeah. Just that hundreds of billions of numbers.
2: Like, like tactical turn-based combat. Yeah. Like, yeah. Temtem's cuter, but like whatever. Yeah.
0: So smaller okay. squad. It's cuter squad.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, all right. So two. Breath of the Wild.
2: What are you thinking, Keenan?
1: I don't have much. Um... I'm I'm honestly hanging out zero because
0: Breath of the Wild's whole thing is exploration, and this game's the linearest, linear that ever linear. Yeah, yeah,
2: but but it it's also about systems. It, like Breath of the Wild is is w- what if Far Cry Two made a Zelda game?
1: Yeah, and like which is like I think
2: just like that sort of design is is just a deep part of XCOM's DNA.
1: And there, there's, there's sort of a like, how can I influence the enemies thing in in Breath of the Wild that I think comes into play with the turn system in this game. Yeah, so like I'd give um, it like
2: one or two or something, like nothing crazy, but like yeah, I
1: think I think one is fair, even though we name multiple things. Like it's not, yeah, it's not so close to it that I feel a two.
2: Yeah, uh, and there's not like organic discovery of things interacting so much. It's all pretty explicit.
1: Or like insane control
0: mechanisms. American political discourse teaches us that all things are not weighted equally. So moving on with a one. Titanfall 2's out of five. Uh, This game is going to get less Titanfall 2's than XCOM 2 would have.
1: You think? Yeah. I want to say it would get two because linear as fuck. And, and, like, even the characters are on rails.
0: Also, the, like, sort of speed and momentum and. and yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'd say two or three is where I'm at. Owen?
2: Um, I think a three.
0: Okay. All right. Um, gang Beasts out of five. They're both colorful. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm on a zero. I'm hanging out yeah, at zero. I'm not really yeah, feeling not a whole lot. Alright.
1: Um, okay. Uh, There's even less ooh. tacked on multiplayer in this XCOM, so...
0: Yeah, I mm, I have to put Harry into this game. <laughs> How does well, Harry is, or Dubois do? He is a detective. hm, mm, Yeah. Uh, i think he makes the game better like i would love to have seen more detectives doing stuff more um because there's like you do investigations but the investigations just kind of happen you don't really do anything You're You're
2: gonna, know, like, what... a series of shootouts
0: yeah your investigation <laughs> is a series of shootouts so it would have been cooler it would have been cool to see like some weird ass mustachioed muton or something rolling around like giving you clues and you having to like give them directions well, and that there, would influence like no how point. fast or slow you, you get to do it. The investigation
2: storyline for secret coil gestures at police work, because like the secret coil people are like, like hawking fake cures basically. Yeah. Like that's something I forgot about because they're like the first faction I tackled in the game. Oh yeah. All the hybrids are dying. Right. I forgot. Yeah. yeah. Harry, Harry would have figured things out. He, I'll put it this way. We compared our stats at the finishing of this game and we each killed about 700 people. Um, <laughs> I think Harry would kill a lot less or, or rather we took down 700 people apiece. So like, oh,
1: yeah, I think Harry wouldn't have to fight three groups to figure out it was the, the, the actual villain, right? Like, yeah. um, you would have had a, I think...
0: a tense conversation with, uh, with the, the Grey Phoenix guys and he would have um he would have had a, a short fisticuffs with uh with the progeny and then an actual shootout with
1: uh <laughs> right.
2: Also also if, if Harry existed in the world of XCOM he would probably wind up being psionic somehow. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Harry's a really lazy uh really really lazy uh psychic sword guy. Yeah, like, like,
2: like, like, he dated a Templar for a while and like picked up a bunch of their tricks. <laughs> yeah. That's why he's running all the time.
0: <laughs> That's how you not get shot, Kim. Yeah. Just keep running. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, oh, I'm going to
2: make Kim Kitsuragi an XCOM 2.
0: Oh yeah, that's it. That's hell good.
2: yeah. No, oh, no. Actually, yeah, wait. Was... I'm not gonna
0: because then he could die. <laughs> no. <laughs> so um, I was thinking about it today, like mo- like a lot of my mods are like, why is there so many like Titanfall mods in XCOM 2? It's like oh, because they came out around the same time. Yep. Right. I was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Okay.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh. I don't, I don't, yeah. I think that's it, guys. Where do they find us?
2: Uh, you can contact us on Twitter at at Bad Playstyle. You can reach us on, with your emails at badplaystylegmail.com um, You can find episodes of our podcast at shame.club, shame.business or anywhere else where you can find podcasts. Woo! Alright.
3: Um, what
0: we're are we playing we, next? What are we playing next? Yeah. Well, yeah ne-
2: next week we are hopefully having a special guest and we're going to play
0: The Return of the Oberdin. Ooh, I'm excited for that. Yeah. Um, see Monochrome you soon. shit. Yeah, see y'all next time. Later. Bye. Later. KA Bucci Baby. You can hear this and more like it at soundcloud.com slash Bay. That's B U C C I B A E. Stay fresh.